0: Hosting for your tech life, proudly provided by Web Central. Everything technology, from computers to mobile phones, TVs, and the internet. Information you want, want, all the help you need. Your tech life with Trevor Long. And thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. This is your tech life. Wonderful to have your company once again on the podcast. Live from Las Vegas, and it is. Officially day two as I record, um, a bunch to talk about on the show today. I will be joined shortly by Jeff Potramani, who is with me here in Las Vegas. Uh, it is a crazy place to be. You lose complete track of time. Uh, you get small amounts of sleep, but damn, it's fun, and that's all that matters. It's uh, episode three hundred and twelve B. We don't increment the numbers here at CS. I don't know why I started doing that five years ago. I do multiple podcasts and I increment them by by letters, not numbers. But that's okay. Um, we are, again, in the North Hall in our broadcast studio. Uh, there's been plenty of activity here. It's nice and early in the morning, so there's actually no one in, in the building yet. We do the podcast thanks to the good people at Garmin, Satellite Navigation, GPS Technology, and, of course, the good people at Netgear with their Arlo range of smart home security cameras. We'll tell you, tell you more about them shortly. But most importantly, uh, it is awesome to think about all the gadgets that are going hit to the, hit the stores this year. And if you've got, a, if you've got feedback on CES, if there's something specific you've seen somewhere or somehow and you want us to have a closer look at it, jump on the Twitter and uh, say good day, You can follow at Your Tech Life or at Trevor Long, whatever you like. It doesn't matter. So keep listening. We will uh, try and cover as much of what we've seen. And what we plan to see uh, as we go forward, and we'll bring another podcast either late tonight or tomorrow morning. This is your tech life. So Jeffrey's here. Hello, mate. Yeah, how are you? Oh, I haven't turned your microphone on. I'm not used to having people with me. It is different. How are you, Trevor? Yeah, I'm good, mate. I'm good. It is early. Uh, we did a funny thing. Well, not a funny thing last night. We we were working till quite late. Uh, a little bit. I don't know what was Midnight? it. tenant ten- No, yeah, it was quite because we left it to go for it, just to get out go somewhere different yeah. uh, and we ended up going down the other end of the strip and just going for a walk and we were out till bloody one thirty in the morning it's not like we were mm. out doing all the Vegas uh, things all night yeah it was just a big place so when you park at one casino which we did we parked at the MGM Grand and we walked across and through to the Monte Carlo and, and Aria yep. it's just a bloody long walk so cool. we, we were out quite late
1: that's true. I mean, the sad thing about it was I was wearing my Fitbit to get my steps, but uh, the battery was dead.
0: And, and I chose to put on a... Oh, I've done it again today too. I'll put a G-Shock on instead of an Apple Watch, so I've got no idea about my steps. So none, none of the fitness trackers are going to help us. This is why we need the smart shoes, which I'll talk about in a minute. Yes, Yeah. see tracking in your shoes. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, on a, on a smaller amount of sleep than, than is average, it doesn't matter. Because CS—it just it's like an adrenaline shot. As soon as you walk in, as soon as the crowds come in, and there's, there's just – you you kind of can't walk – you can't really walk 10 metres without having no. to slow down. You walk because there's crowds and there's people. So True. it's a pretty intense thing especially. And I noticed this. The halls are, are frustrating when you're trying to get somewhere because there's all people that are milling just trying to look yeah. at things. But then you go in, in that big corridor between the north and central halls. Mm-hmm. And it is – I mean, it's an overwhelming number of people because they're, they're getting they're, – they're trying to get to the other end of the hallway, not just across. Yep that's where you see the sea of people and that's where the kind of scale of cs that and the the big overwhelming booths are, are mm. what present the scale because you've now seen cs open to the oh, to the yeah. trade it's a it's a large number of people isn't it it's
1: massive i mean i was uh, i was in samsung's booth yesterday and when I say booth, it's more like a one-acre block, of, mini mini of, of city, room, yeah. and you walk in there and it's so cramped. But um, there's so much to see, so it actually is quite difficult to get around. Yeah, it's massive.
0: Well, I mean, for that reason, and uh, and because I had uh, I did the Today Show on uh, Tuesday here and Wednesday here. Um, and preparation for that took me away from the show floor. Jeff's been out on the show floor. He's done the LG booth. He's done the Samsung booth. We'll talk about those in a minute. Um, but l- let me talk about my little silly little things to start with, because they're the things that I've seen the most. Go ahead. And talked about the most, I think, probably too, with with the radio spots. Um, those, the five gadgets that, I, or six gadgets that I got together for for the Today Show. It was a quite interesting kind of cross section mm. of because a lot of people. Either want to know what's the latest in television or they want to know what fun gadgets there are. And I think that's, that's the kind of cross section of, of interest yeah. in CES.
1: And I think, I think CES is always showing some really crazy and wacky stuff that people yeah. just get, almost laugh at, really. Yeah.
0: So the Smart Shoe, I alluded to the Smart Shoe, this is a, a company that have created technology uh, in the sole of, of shoes. You know, it's not an insert, it's an actual shoe. Mm. Uh, we were talking to them and I think you can see it becoming an insert because it seems like a more logical way to distribute yeah. their product. Why, why would you get into manufacturing shoes up against the it's biggest true. shoe companies in the world? Plus, it's, it's a very personal thing, shoes. People have a, allegiance mm. to brands. and things. So you're actually going to get better traction, probably, if you, if you get an insole that, yeah. uh, that's Bluetooth connected. This thing tracks your steps. So Jeff's Fitbit, Fitbit problem would have been solved. Mm. Um, it can even be warmed up. So I think you know, coming mm. th- this is a French company. So coming from Europe, where it can get quite chilly, mm. uh, you know, get up in the morning, you're about to get dressed, so warm your shoes up before you get in, get get them on your feet. I do like that. I don't mind that idea. Although I I think of warm shoes as being the end of the day and not, not a bit sweaty. Not a great thing. Yeah. yeah, you don't want to go sweaty straight away. But in a cold yeah. climate, it sounds like a great idea. Mm. Imagine that in you know sc- sc- shoes when you're yeah. down in the snow or something. Like some snow boots. That's yeah, no bad um, idea. But the other thing is uh, allegedly because again, it's just a kind of concept product we haven't actually used it or seen it and reviewed mm. it but <clears throat> allegedly it's also helping understand your posture so again because yeah. it's got sensors all across your feet yeah it can see whether you're leaning to one side and that whole footlocker style you know yeah, assess yeah, yeah. your you assess your walk and your shoe
1: well that would make sense though because if it's if it's got enough sensors in the in the bottom that works totally yeah
0: so i like that i like that i don't think that's a product we'll see in 2016, it's, or, see, no. and and you'll see this because we'll, we'll we'll make sure that you, this is this becomes a regular thing for you. But the smart toothbrush, for example, I saw that three years ago. But every mm. year it's here being you know kind of unveiled. Yeah, and yes, it's probably slightly different, but the concept is. Pretty That's much so. done, uh, and I'm sure this guy will come back year on year mm. as he evolves the product. He'll probably get get it to market as an online sale, but then he's got to got to get it into, into real retail traction. Yeah, so that was a fun little one. Mm. Um, the The pick camera, I think we might have talked about in that first yes, uh, show. It, it was fun. The, um, the, the Bluetooth padlocks, people are aware, of, I've talked about this before, the, the dog and bones, they're, they're very cool, and they've released a travel version, so a much thinner uh, mm. lock bolt so that you can fit that through your travel bags with a TSA-approved key and things. And it works really quickly.
1: I know. I saw you demonstrating it on the Today Show. You literally
0: push the button on your phone. It, and bang, completely it was completely seamless. I didn't have any issues yeah. with that whatsoever. Oh, really? <laughs> no. So when you open the app, what yeah. happens is, uh, see, the locks go into sleep mode. so that they don't waste battery. You can Mm. have them on all the time, but I assume the battery's going to go down, so you have to charge them more frequently, right? Mm. So when when it goes into sleep mode, you have to press a button on the bottom which wakes it up. That's fine. You open the lock, Mm -hmm. open the app, and then it says, you know, tap to unlock, or it says searching for the lock. Right. And so sometimes you've got to kind of wait uh, you know 30 seconds mm. and so on the Today Show you can, if you watch it back you can actually see me kind of when they say locks I look down and I go okay crap it's, it doesn't say ready to, ready to unlock oh, on the no, screen right. so I picked up the two locks and I just yep. talked about it and then I looked down and I went it's ready to unlock uh, and I grabbed the phone so it magic of television, the magic of television worked oh, okay right. but uh, I think that's probably something people that use those kind of locks and technology need to understand that mm. it won't, you, you take a key in a lock you open it it's there there is that frustration sometimes of connectivity in the same way that when you get into your car does it connect automatically to your to your stereo hmm. bluetooth's a bit like that so okay. it's probably not Perfect, but it's not not too bad. I mean, it's it's pretty pretty bloody awesome pretty bit nifty, of technology yeah. and an Aussie uh, Aussie thing too, which is love fantastic. Yeah, that's great, a great bunch thing. of people from the people at Dog and Boat. Um, the uh, the snoring pillow. Did I mention the snoring pillow last time? I think so. I don't care. I'm going to mention it again. I know you're a big fan of this. Mass- we are going to track this thing down I'm tomorrow because this is the thing. This is a product we haven't seen yet. <laughs> talking about it all week—the best bit. It could be the biggest it, hoax on the planet: a video and, a, and, a, and an email. I could have—I could have been—I could be on media watch. Here as a massive hoax. Yep, guy who just promoted a product that didn't exist. Yeah, I'm really worried. Um, <laughs> no, we must must make sure we see that tomorrow. Um, but you know, the I I because I've talked about this on the radio, I don't know, a lot this mm. week, and it, it does get a really good reaction. People are like, oh, everyone yeah. everyone either snores their partner snores mm. or they've heard horror stories and it's normally one of the first two.
1: That's always the case. I mean, everyone knows somebody who snores. Everybody. Do
0: you snore, Geoffrey?
1: I don't Drop. think, well, I probably do. No. Uh, no. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> the answer's no.
0: Um, and despite the, uh, despite the controversy that the Belkin uh, phone in a cup holder thing was released in March last year in, in the States and has been on sale at the Apple store in Australia for a couple of months. Mm. It is a new product. It won an innovation award here at CES. Um, I think, honestly,
1: yeah. I think almost everything here is winning innovation
0: awards. Yeah. Sorry. But, that is, but then they've got the I'm just the saying it wasn't here last awards. CES, so therefore it's new to me. Yeah. Um, there are a lot of innovation awards. There, there are more Same innovation way. awards than EFTM best awards. And I thought we handed those things out. No, seriously, almost everyone Next year we're bringing EFT, EFTM CES awards.
1: I'm going to create a product, very basic, so that we can get to an innovation award. award. We're
0: also bringing yeah. um, food awards to town because all mm. the restaurants in town have... What was the one you saw? It was like uh, best uh, Seattle's Best or something. It's Seattle's
1: like, Best Steakhouse
0: in Las Vegas. It's in Las Vegas. I don't so know how must you be win chain. that award. And then the, the Tropicana Hotel, which is... I'm sure it's a lovely hotel, but it's yep. certainly not in the top 10. Mm. Um, has got, like, from the Las Vegas Weekly, it's got best room, best this. It's got, like, 55 awards that it. are very specific about specific things. Mm. Like, it's probably got best water sh- water flow shower heads or best something, you know. Shade. Yeah, that yeah. kind of stuff. Yep. So we'll bring some awards next year. Anyway, those are a couple of things that I uh, came across uh, in the last few, <laughs> few days here at CES. Uh, and uh, and we will, we'll keep cracking through that as we go along talking technology without the jargon your, your tech, tech life, life with Trevor Long and we do it all thanks to the good people at Garmin Garmin Salad Navigation GPS Technology and uh, of course a bunch of great products here but we talked about fitness products we talked about tracking if you want fitness tracking uh, sports tracking, Garmin are the people to talk to, the uh, The forerunner range of smart watches are uh, pretty much the uh, the go to for anyone into, into swimming, triathlons, uh, active sports because uh, they can not just measure steps, they're measuring swim strokes, they're measuring, uh, right. They, they sync up with your, your Garmin cycling products. So you've got anything from the 4Runner 15 up, right up to the, the massive 920 XT, a huge range of fitness and, uh, and sports watches from Garmin, uh, as well as uh, sitting alongside the Vivo Fit, the Vivo Smart range. Uh, for the average everyday non-runner like me and the, and the phoenix for the uh, for the hiker like jeff who loves to climb mountains in half a day and he exposed this morning that climbing a mountain in half a day actually involves driving to the top and then walking the final bit but that's okay uh, if you're interested in uh, smart watch or uh, fitness <laughs> tracking products from garmin you can check them out at garmin.com.au Jeffrey, the reason you are here is so that during these first couple of days when I just don't have time to write, you can uh, bunt, hit a bunch of stuff up on uh, on EFTM and you've, you've smashed it out, mate. What, um, what are a couple of things we should uh, we should talk about that we didn't talk about the other day? Because uh, there is some great products here. You're right. And
1: I think some of the big things, obviously doing the booth tours yesterday was important because of we got so to get Just explain, really close. A, a
0: booth tour mm. is your – so think about it. You're a buyer. You're, a, you're in the press. You just walk through these things what does it mean? What is this thing? It's not like there's an explainer for everything or you can understand it. So a booth tour is an opportunity for the press, certainly, and it's what they do for buyers as well, to be guided through the booth and talk about every product and ask the odd questions. So you you Mm -hmm. had that with both LG and Samsung yesterday.
1: Yeah, and it was quite personal, actually. You can really ask almost anything you want. You've got a lot of time to get your questions out, and you learn a lot more about the products than if you did just walk straight through the booth. Um, During Samsung, it was a one-on-one tour, which was great. It was just me and another person. And uh, basically, we stopped... For a long time at their new fridge. Uh-huh. Now, fridges at CES probably aren't normally the biggest draw card, mm. but uh, this one is internet connected. The biggest thing about it, though, is that it's got a 21 and a half inch display on the on the door. It's it's like a, it's like the Tesla of fridges. It is a crazy big screen, and and it's and it's what you do with it that makes it actually quite exciting. Is that it's got it's got apps for your calendar, for pictures. It takes a photo of what's inside your fridge. Puts that on the display, and you're able to add the use-by dates of your products in there, which is handy because then when you're at the shops, you can find out well how much, how many eggs do I have left, or how much longer till that. So that's then connected
0: to the cloud, so that you can then use your smartphone to connect into it.
1: Absolutely. So I found that really interesting. Taking notes, throwing that on your fridge. It's got a speaker built in, so you can actually Bluetooth music to it. Um, it's really interesting. And I don't
0: mind actually. Yeah, I mean, it becomes your little stereo in the kitchen. It's in the kitchen, and they mm. do sound quite well. That's that actually. I like the touchscreen as, as a gimmick idea. Yeah. And I'm sure it will be available in a high-end fridge, but let's be honest. Yeah. No and they, one's going to... No one... It's not like you're going to run into anyone that's got one of those in their home in the next five years.
1: Well, here's the thing. So it is going to come to Australia this year. All right. All right. But they're, they're forecasting around $7,000 um, Australian.
0: That's fine. It's just a fridge.
1: So seven a grand grand lot of money. To. Yeah, it's a lot of money. It's a real
0: luxury. Not yeah, many people right. need this. because uh, And it's interesting because they did, they've got the camera in the fridge idea, which that, yeah. um, we talked about the other day, the smarter mm. mob have got as an aftermarket thing. So you can stick that in the, in the door of any other fridge. Well, that's the biggest thing. I, I think mean, someone's just gone, why don't we take a picture in the fridge? That's yeah. just genius.
1: Because you think about it, to replace a fridge isn't something you're doing every every couple of years like a phone. So it's not a, I don't, I don't know what the, the average lifespan is,
0: but it's got to be ten years plus, right? Yeah. yeah. So you've got to try and
1: catch someone who's moving into a new house or fridges just died. Yeah. That's
0: that's tough. No one's upgrading just for that. Yeah. Um, so t- t- what when they when you did the booth tour at Samsung, what are they talking about with television? So with TV, it's really interesting. They're they're
1: talking about yes, they've got a whole new range of TVs. Mm. Yes, they've got some thinner TVs, but there's no revolution in TVs from them this year. And, and they, were very, they were very clear that this year they've just done some software updates in terms of HDR and some small hardware updates. Mm-hmm. But uh, nothing that is going to make last year's buyer completely upset. Really? It was, and, it was, and they were very honest in that way too that you know, this year is really about content, getting those 4K uh, HDR movies to people. Because they're, they're talking about a 4K Blu-ray player, aren't they? Yes. Yeah, right. So they've got the Blu-ray player that works with it. Um, it's really about okay. So you've bought a 4K TV. What can we do with it now? Right. Okay. Uh, and I think that was probably lacking a bit last year. Was cool. I bought a 4K TV, but I have got nothing to watch on it. Um, what about the watch? The the, the S2. They got like gold on it. Yeah, it's it's in two different two different colours now. Um, probably more suited to the ladies with rose gold. But uh, what
0: about what about the ladies' watches this week? Oh, we had
1: Huawei. Huawei's gone gone big on that, and they went with Swarovski. Uh, zirconias around the outside of it as well so you can get quite blinged up with the new huawei uh, smartwatch but i think the biggest thing from them is yes it's available in rose gold it in the right size for ladies now as well because i think the last one was a bit chunky for yeah, them yeah. so it's good to see a bit of variety and it's actually kind of nice that yes we're looking at watches and yes they're smart watches but they need to realize that the watch market is all about you know, personality, yeah, variety. So totally. it's starting to come out now, which is, which is really great.
0: Yeah. Cause smartwatches are a bit boring, really. Mm. Um, so that's Samsung. Then over to LG. Yes. Um, they also had a fridge, right? They got that wave of thing at the door. I think we talked about that briefly from yeah. the press conference. Did yeah. you see it in action and get to do it?
1: I did see it in action. Didn't get to do it myself. Yeah. They put it behind a rope. Yeah. They're very restrictive on who can Whoa. knock on that glass panel. And How is that? yeah, I know
0: 150,000 people here, I guess.
1: Everyone would be doing it. Getting no, their foot no, no. stuck under the door. I'm not sure. <laughs> So, no, LG was great. I mean, they, of all the stands, may have put the best display on in terms of presentation. Right. They had a room that you walked into, and it was over 100 OLED 4K TVs in there. Did you walk in? The curved ones? Yeah, the curved Mm. ones. And you just saw this demonstration, which was absolutely amazing, and these TVs just really popped. It was amazing. It was pretty
0: much, because it's like curtained off, Mm. circled room. It's pretty much a demonstration of how black OLED can be yep. and how bright the colours can be. Mm-hmm. But interestingly, outside of that room, no curved TVs.
1: No. Curved is no now, longer... Now, Stephen
0: Fenix sat where you were standing today, mm. yesterday, and told me that he, he, Samsung were going big on curved TVs. I spoke no. to someone else yesterday who said that curve was basically a dud in Australia.
1: Yeah, so Samsung... And I, and I did ask the question too. I said, I've noticed you've got some curved still here. And they said, yeah, no, curved is still... Part of their range, it's still important to them in the higher end. Yeah, um, they're doing it in both. So you've got the option on both models whether you want to have flat or curved, yeah. and essentially it just comes down to preference.
0: Yeah. I, I think Australia's turned out to be a bit of a dud on the curve because yeah. mainly because we're not buying premium TVs. It's super expensive at the high
1: end. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. is. Um, Speak, speaking of the high end side, actually, with Samsung, they had a, uh, a TV there which was a little large, 170 inches. Wow, 170 inch. The spoiler here, though, before people get too carried away, it's a modular TV. Now, this is interesting, too, because it's actually made up of tiles around 30 by 30. Which
0: which a lot of, um, I don't know, what would you call them, Co- commercial displays. Even yep. those uh, billboards you see that are... that are. of them uh, modular. They're, they're just blocks, right? Yeah. And you can see it, if you, if you look close enough, you can see the squares. Yep. And so what you're saying is this TV is basically taking that experience theoretically mm. to the home, but it'll never, never happen. No. And what it converts from... It literally st- it,
1: and it stitches so well that um, it does look quite real right. it doesn't look like it's modular um, then they had different variations of that where you could actually break it apart and sort of have little tiles across your wall put it together and make it a TV really interesting what they were doing with modular there as well but the last thing I'll say about TVs both from Samsung and LG was that LG had a production model of an 8K 98 inch TV mm. and they're saying it's, it's
0: real for this year Well, Hisense, um, uh, they confirmed that they have an 8K. Yep. I'm going to say it was 65-inch. It didn't look like 98 or anything like that, but maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it was 70-odd. But they have an 8K TV. It's coming Mm. to Australia. It's confirmed. Yeah. Coming to Australia. And I just went... I mean, it's beautiful. Mm. What the hell are you going to watch on it though? Because yeah. there ain't no content. And who's going to afford it? It's going to be really expensive. And essentially, yeah. uh, you know, we made the joke. It's not like they're shipping them in. They're probably flying one in, flying yeah. it in. You know what if, I mean?
1: If you order it, you're, you're paying for the plane. This seat TV
0: too. will be on sale in Australia this year. And when yep. I say this TV, I mean that specific TV, yeah. not this range, because <laughs> <laughs> um, that's about as good as it gets. That's true. Um, uh, that's uh, that's that's big from from LG. But mm. uh, I don't know about the AK stuff. Uh, let's talk cars in a second um, because. you had a good chat about autonomous driving and and Audi Mm -hmm. we do it all thanks to the good people at Netgear, Netgear's Arlo security system with uh, two HD cameras stay connected to what matters Arlo keeps track of the people and places you care about most in brilliant HD provide live viewing from your smartphone and sends notification alerts straight to you when motion is detected. And I get that here. If one of the kids walks into the studio while I'm in Las Vegas, if they walk into the studio back home, I get a little alert on my phone. I can look and I can see what they're up to in there. Normally, they're just going to get their iPods because they charge in there. You can place Arlo cameras in hard-to-reach places, indoor, outdoor, and watch over your home from anywhere one system endless possibilities 100 percent wire-free weatherproof and night vision it's just sensational you can put them all around the house even looking at the house from uh from say a tree or, or the telegraph pole it all works i've tried it um you can check out the arlo range at arlo.com slash au and they're available in the, most of the good retailers your tech life with trevor long so the reality of autonomous driving. You um, you went to an, uh, an event with Audi to talk about where they were at with autonomous driving. What yep. what's the what's the upshot? It was it was quite funny
1: actually. It was a room full of really senior Audi executives, and uh, it seems like they'd all been drinking the honesty juice because the first question that they got was, "When are we seeing an autonomous car?" Yeah. from Audi, and uh, the response really was the end of the next decade.
0: Oh, that is so refreshing to hear. Which was a little, which I think a lot of people got. That's that, that, so we're talking 2029 20, yep. is, is the... Yeah, yep. totally. So then they said,
1: well, hang on. What do people define as autonomous driving? Yes, exactly. He said, because Tesla's got autopilot. However, you still need to be in the driver's seat. You still need to be a pilot. Yeah. So that's not autonomous So they're driving. saying 2029 20, is self-driving car. They're saying you get in the car from home, you don't touch it, and you get out of the car at work. Yes. No, yeah, hands off, eyes off, the whole, the whole experience. Yeah. So they've gone... We're not going to
0: call it autonomous if you have to be involved, which is, yes.
1: which is interesting.
0: Yeah, I, I like that idea, but yeah. we, we do have to define it. because. So if they're saying, what did they talk then about with things like the, so the Tesla model? So let's assume Tesla is ahead of the game right now yep. because they have a product physically in consumers' hands, mm. if they can afford one, that will drive itself on the freeways. Yes. So Google's nowhere near their, their self-driving car. So mm. wh- does Audi say when they're going to do that?
1: Yes, and, they're gonna, and they've basically said that what they'll do is rather than go big bang on any of their features, mm. it'll all be drip-fed.
0: Which is what Tesla's doing. It is. But are they going to drip-fed it with software updates? Because that's the way to go.
1: Well, I think it's going to be year on year, given that they've given themselves almost 15 more years to, to achieve <laughs> yeah. it. Um, and, they, and they sort of referenced cruise control in that way. They said, you know, we had cruise control, and then they had
0: adaptive cruise yeah, control. Which wasn't a big you, you know, know, hullabaloo, it just no. happened.
1: No. And, that's, and it felt natural. So they're saying if they were to release an autonomous car today, hmm. it would scare people because there's too much to learn and too much change too quickly. And we're not ready for it. No. And, and that's the biggest thing is they're saying you could put an autonomous car on the road today if there was no one else on the road and if hmm. the roads were perfectly suited to the conditions. Hmm. But things like not enough lane markings on roads um, in the US, for example, they've got four-stop intersections which actually really rely on humans to sort of look at each other and see who's got the guts to, to leave first. <laughs> and they're saying in an autonomous situation, the car would be stuck there for hours. So how are they going to fix that when they get to that point? So they were, it's essentially saying that in a world where you've got manually driven cars by humans... And autonomous cars, you'll have a lot more issues than if you had just autonomous cars. Yeah.
0: So there's... that's the thing. If 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 because we we kind of know they could theoretically do it today. Yeah. If we wiped out all the cars on the planet, absolutely. No drama. Yep. But while while there are still people driving around in you know Holden Cameras, uh, <laughs> we've so got simple. issues, right? Yeah. And, and while the lane markings are different in every like, man, I drove the Tesla and mm. it was amazing, mm. but as soon as I tried um, autopilot on. The Pacific Highway. Now I know the Pacific Highway. I'm just talking like Chatswood through to through to Hornsby. Yeah. Now it's th- it, you can go 60 there. You can go. The, so it's at the right speed. It's got the lane markings. But as soon as you have a weird thing like a a lane merge or, or, or a lane that goes wide uh, before it before mm. it veers off into two, the car absolutely panics. Yeah. And mate, it's it's scary as all hell. I mean, I've I've had incidents on the road where I've scared myself by my own stupidity or someone else's stupidity. Yeah. I don't think I've been as scared as I was when the Tesla kind of went jarred away at me because you're like hang on a minute this beast is going away where I don't want it to go it's scary as heck and everyone knows like think about the way the media works now right Mm. the news stories are just not not news as they used to be mate it will only mate the first Tesla in Australia Mm. that has any incident if it could be half blamed on autonomous driving it will it'll be more publicity than Tesla's ever got. You're Imagine right. that if it was an Audi. Because that's the thing about scale. Huge Tesla's risk. got 50,000 cars that they, yep. they sell every year, globally. Mm. Audi sell millions, right? Yep. It's, mm. a, it's a huge
1: risk. And actually, last night I caught up with a, uh, a gentleman who works for car insurance companies. And uh, that was interesting. He was with your mate, right? He was with a mate of mine, uh, Mr. Andretti. But um, Michael, Michael, Michael Mario. yeah. So we, um, so we had a good chat about that too. Because I said, well, you've got autonomous cars coming. How are the car insurance companies preparing for it? So they actually started talking about getting access to data on autonomous cars, right. and, that's, and that's what they would use to diagnose crash situations. Wow, mm.
0: there's a lot. There's a lot to come still. All right. Well, um, the only other thing that um, that I, we looked at yesterday, and uh, I mentioned sense broadly, but um, uh, we had a look at uh, Linksys. Uh, Linksys have a router that is AC5400, right? Mm. Now, let's let's remember, this is ridiculously confusing branding from uh, wireless companies. They all do it, and they have to because they need a way of describing their speed. AC5400 just means that the router itself can handle that much bandwidth, so if you have enough devices, you could flood Mm. 5400 worth of uh, bandwidth. So essentially, if you've only got three devices, you you would never need 5400. You could get 700. Um, but they had a display where they had this router sitting in the middle. They had twenty television screens, and they had four K content going to all of them via that that router. Wow! Very cool to to a way to demonstrate the kind of throughput of um, of, a, of a wide band. That's scary, uh, and, and that's wireless. Too. Yeah, yeah, right. So <laughs> it really, really interesting. Um, and but that's going to be like a five hundred fifty dollar product. Yeah, yeah. So, but this is the thing: if you if you have a small home or a small family, you don't need to spend five hundred. You can buy the smaller ones, hmm. but got a big home kids teenagers growing up uh, lots of Netflixing going on then you have Mm -hmm. to actually look at that thing because I get that question all the time you know my internet's slow well is it your internet or are you just having troubles with your network yeah and those mate, that's still very hard for people to understand which is which and and how do they fix what yep um, because you're, and what I say to people all the time is plug your computer directly into your modem and mm. do a speed test and work out what what your baseline is, and then you can work out the rest of the house. Yep. And the other the other recommendation is you find some of these Wi-Fi apps. Uh, even Telstra's got one where you can, where it helps you to you know, actually visualise mm. the Wi-Fi signal, and you work out where it's good and where it's bad, and you and you infill your spots and True. stuff like that. But um, that was that was reasonably interesting. Uh, and Belkin, who, who are uh, the same company, Belkin owns Linksys now. Um, they they were talking about USB-C, interestingly.
1: A lot of people are starting to talk about that here now. Yeah. It's
0: good. They reckon it's it's been a big talk of the show, but mm. we've really still only got the MacBook and the Nexus yeah. 5. I mean, there's not yep. that many USB-C devices out there, but I guess no. someone's got to go first, and therefore someone's got to support it first. So Belkin's mm. got a full range of USB-C connectors okay. and adapters, which is awesome. Yep. Um, but, yeah, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't mind-blowing, because, I mean, I've sent my MacBook back because I just made the... I just didn't oh, get... Really? It. I found the USB-C to be uh, inhibiting at times. I had yeah. all the adapters already, but then when I'm plugged in with power, I have to unplug that to plug it in. I just went, nah. Mm. Uh,
1: they actually, uh, at LG, had a USB-C display thing going on as well. LG as well. So they have a monitor that connects to your laptop through USB-C. Right. And it powers the monitor and does the display Powers the one, monitor? A whole lot. One cable.
0: Wow, that's interesting. Yeah.
1: So you just bring your monitor, bring your laptop. As long as your laptop's got the power, it, um, it runs.
0: That's quite interesting.
1: Yeah, that was cool.
0: All right, well, um, so it is... As we said, it's only day two. Uh, day two, we... Um, I've, I'm going to grab... And this is a regular thing. I like chatting with Patrick Lowe, the boss of Netgear, um, as well as some other people from Netgear. We'll, we'll chat to them later today. We'll put those in in the next podcast, uh, as well as I'll talk to Abel from uh, from Sony about what's happening in Sony. I'm going to check out Alcatel One Touch. They've... Um, I don't know if they've they've released anything new here. I haven't seen it yet, but their Mm -hmm. Idol 3 is obviously quite a successful product. We saw billboards for it in in LA and stuff, Um, and they're doing quite well in Australia. So I'll have a bunch of uh, chats to bring you in the next episode. Uh, Jeff, you're pretty much free today, so you're going to get to do a bit of roaming around the show floor.
1: I'm going to do a lot of roaming. There's so much to see here.
0: Yeah, uh, and you can only do so much in one day. So yep. good luck with that. Yeah, uh, crack it off on the on the central hall first. But uh, anyway, big day ahead. We will uh, we'll have another podcast with those interviews um, uh, late tonight. But it is uh, it's great to be here at CS. Uh, thanks to Garmin. Thanks to uh, Netgear, Arlo, and uh, we'll be back again soon on your Tech Life. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. Thank you, Jeffrey. Thank you, Trevor. Talk to you soon. Thanks, mate.